0: You can subscribe to the leader through your favorite podcast provider. just hit the subscribe button and never miss our news analysis and commentary. Now, from the Evening standard in London, this is the leader. Brave standard. Hi, I'm David Marsland. Sports and stock markets. How coronavirus is causing chaos even before it reaches pandemic levels?
1: There's huge panic across the stock markets this week. The is down almost 10% on the week, on track for its worst week since 2011. Our business news editor
0: Alex Lawson and sports editor James Major on disruption hitting companies, teams and organisations. And can you guess which famous lager label's taken a sales hit? Also...
2: It's a sizable blow to the airport expansion case and will, at the very least, set the project back, if not kill it entirely. Court's correspondent Tristan Kirk on the
0: hammer blow for Heathrow as the High Court rules against a third runway. Is it really
3: over for the expansion plan? And... What we're doing seems to be noticed at the various higher circles and seems to be making a difference. He he actually described us as being relentless in our focus on this and we're proud to say that we are.
0: The Evening Standard's Oliver Poole on the latest with our homeless campaign, now backed by the Prime Minister. <music> Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk comment. In a moment, how coronavirus has infected the sports and business worlds. Doctors and governments are still struggling to stop coronavirus' spread. The Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, said today that the NHS is ready for it. I Look, I
2: think it's absolutely vital that people do feel reassured. The uh, NHS is a fantastic service. We've made every possible preparation uh, for uh any, any eventuality. But the bug is already
0: infecting stock markets and sports schedules. Trillions have been wiped off shares around the world in less than a week. Football games are being played behind closed doors. Massive events like the Olympics are reported to be at threat. Our business news editor Alex Lawson and sports editor James Major are with me. And starting with you, James, this virus seems to be reaching its peak at possibly the worst time for the sporting calendar.
4: Yeah, there's a lot of nervous sports fans and administrators at the moment. Six Nations and a Formula One seasons have already been badly affected. Yesterday with the news that Ireland's game against Italy in Dublin a week on Saturday having to be postponed on the advice of the Irish government. And uh, before that, we'd already lost the Grand Prix in China in April uh, to the virus as well. And the
0: Evening Standard sports team spoken to a World Health Organisation doctor. Haven't they? What was he saying?
4: His message was don't panic at the moment that South Korea and Italy are real test beds for the virus and how effective those countries are in containing the virus will yeah, tell us a lot about whether the likes of the Olympics can go ahead later in the year. Those countries with strong health systems and making real efforts to contain it so if they fail then the virus could spread quite readily.
0: And Alex Lawson, Obviously losing sporting events is sad for lots of spectators, but there's a huge financial loss to that as well. And that's not the only thing that's being hit because stock markets are falling too because of
1: coronavirus. Yeah, there's huge panic across the stock markets this week. The FTSE's down almost 10% on the week. On track for its worst week since 2011. Likewise, over in the US, the Dow is on track for its worst week since the depths of the financial crisis back in 2008. And what we're seeing here is real broad brush panic selling of almost all equities, almost all stocks. People putting their money into things like gold, which is at a seven year high, safe havens to try and sort of keep themselves safe. And what sort of things are
0: companies themselves doing to prepare? for if coronavirus hits them. We've seen some companies in, in London closing down their offices, haven't
1: we? Yeah, notably Chevron in Canary Wharf, that they were worried that one of their uh, employees may have it and spread to the 300 employees. So they've told them to work from home. What we have basically seen is people monitoring the, the situation, trying to decide what they do with their staff. Do they tell them to work from home? Do they... Just prepare them to use their systems further out because, of course, if we think about London, it's a big financial centre. It's not easy to make make every employee in a bank work at home.
0: James, footballers can't really work from home. You can't have a, a football match in your back garden. Well, there might be some Premier League players who possibly could. Uh, but what they can do is play games behind closed doors, can't they? And, and there are some examples of that in Europe.
4: Yeah, we're seeing examples of that in Europe. We've got Inter Milan playing tonight behind closed doors in Europa League against Ludwig Um We're seeing games postponed in Serie A at the moment. But just to pick up on a point Alex made, we're seeing our administrators monitoring events for uh, the likes of the Euros and the Olympics at the moment. There's still a bit of time before they need to make the decisions but these are incredibly complex sporting events to to organize for example the euros which starts on june the 12th it's a competition that takes place across 12 cities in 12 countries across europe before it all converges back on london for the semi-finals and finals so that's a nightmare structure isn't it in term if you know for a tournament in terms of possibly spreading the virus so if it's still live at that time it's difficult to see how organizers are going to be able to Contain it and go ahead in you know with the structure they've got at the moment.
0: So not panic stations, yeah, but people are keeping yeah, very, very close, very yeah.
4: close tabs indeed.
0: And Alex, two things that go hand in hand with each other are, are sport and beer, and people sitting at home, perhaps in self isolation, trying to enjoy a, a sports game. But there is
1: one drinks company which has uh, notably had a, a drop in sales. Absolutely, like all crises, it ends up to, turning to drink. Uh, corona of course it was the gag at the start of this horrific event that people were making what's the impact on corona beer sales now we know over in the US has been some surveying people saying that they are going to be spending less on it that sales are likely to be at a two-year low the shares in the owner of, the, of corona beer uh, are down eight percent this week uh, so The question is, what happens here? Do people take pity on Corona, start buying it? Or should the company double down and rename themselves COVID-19?
0: Next. Heathrow's third runway plans may have been grounded as a court rules they're unlawful. Heathrow says its proposed third runway is essential to achieving the government's vision of a global Britain. The High Court, though, says it's unlawful. Judges ruled there'd been a failure to assess the impact on climate change. Protesters are delighted. The Evening Standard's editorial column is not. The future of Heathrow's planned third runway is in question again following the ruling that the existing plan does not take adequate account of the government's climate change commitments made in the UN's Paris Agreement. The judgment, which the court said ministers would not be appealing, deals a severe blow to the project and could be terminal if the government fails to find a new way of marrying the business need for the airport with environmental needs. It must strive hard to do this. A third runway is necessary for advancing this country's prosperity and must still be delivered. Our court's correspondent Tristan Kirk was there for the ruling. Tristan, what reasons were given for it?
2: Well, the Court of Appeal today ruled on a challenge to the government's decision to give the green light to Heathrow expansion. A whole bunch of groups, including local councils, environmental activists and the Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, wanted a third runway blocked and they threw a load of arguments that the government's decision to approve expansion was flawed. The one that stuck was on climate change, and specifically on carbon emissions. The judges said that the former Transport Secretary, Chris Grayling, had not properly explained in his decision how the UK would meet its emissions reduction targets at the same time as expanding the country's largest airport. The judges essentially sent the government back to the drawing board and said that if it wants to still press ahead with the effort expansion, it must tackle this key issue on climate change. So does this mean it's over for Heathrow expansion? All the court has said today is that expansion can't happen at the moment, that the case for expansion has not been properly made out. But it's perfectly possible for the government to redo its approval statement and press ahead again. It's been well documented that Boris Johnson, Prime Minister, was a vocal opponent of a third runway from his days as um, the Mayor of London and when running for election as a West London MP with Heathrow actually in his constituency. And since entering Downing Street, he's shied away from repeating his famous pledge to lay down in front of the bulldozers. But he may well see today's ruling as a gateway to withdrawing support for the runway project entirely. The noises so far from the government have been mixed. Support for airport expansion still, but with a renewed emphasis on the environment and climate change. It's also saying that it's for the airport and for the aviation industry itself to really be the driving force behind this project going forward.
0: There's more on that story in the newspaper and online at standard.co.uk now. Boris Johnson's praised the Evening Standard's homelessness appeal. as figures suggested a second annual fall in the number of people sleeping rough in England. Speaking at a hostel in St Martin-in-the-Fields, the the Prime Minister saluted the newspaper for its relentless campaigning, which has raised more than £900,000. He also says the government will take further action to help. The campaign's led by Oliver Poole, who is with me now. And Oliver, it seems Mr Johnson's taking the problem of homelessness seriously.
3: Well, it does indeed seem to be the case and uh, I have to say it was very nice to hear him compliment the work we've done and clearly it shows that uh, what we're doing seems to be noticed at the various higher circles and seems to be making a difference. He he actually described us as being relentless in our focus on this And, and we're proud to say that we are.
0: What kind of measures is he bringing in?
3: Today we had a number of, you know, as well as a substantial financial commitment by him to facing this. We also had a number of other interesting aspects he uh, did. And for myself, the most heartening aspect of this was the appointment of uh, Dame Louise Casey as his new homelessness czar. I I don't know if... uh, You're aware of Dame Louise, but she's one of the kind of great uh, activists and uh, workers in this area now for decades. Knows the subject in and out, knows everyone involved. And one of the things I think that was really heartening about uh, Boris's announcement today is obviously Dame Louise was the person who Tony Blair selected and put in place as his homelessness star. And she had a huge, huge impact there. I mean, Russ Leaping dropped something like two thirds or something during that period. And the fact that the government seems to be not treating this as a purely political subject, but uh, quite happy to work with people from other sides of the political divide, is very positive because uh, it's only by putting coalitions together to make sure that the delivery is right, that this uh, issue is ever going to be challenged and dealt with.
0: And there were some encouraging figures released earlier today about homeless figures or rough sleeping figures.
3: Well, that's right. And again, it's like uh, it does seem that all the work being done and the focus being put put on this could potentially be starting to make some uh, impact. So, for example, across the country, the actual figure for the first time since 2010 has gone down. I mean, it is worth stressing that in London, The amount it has gone down is by 147 people. So we're not talking like a huge amount with, you know, more than a thousand people still sleeping out on a regular basis. And uh, immediately when these figures came out, they've been challenged from many sides. Like, you know, the BBC Research Unit puts the official figures in London as 10 times this amount with a particular focus on uh, Westminster. And I think really what it shows beyond anything else, rather than getting into a kind of battle about whose figures are right and whose methodology is right and all that sort of stuff, is what it really shows is the difficulty in knowing how many people are homeless and how many people are rough sleeping. As readers of The Standard will know from our coverage, which had a very particular focus at women, we don't know how many women are homeless in London. We just don't know, because many of them are spending their nights going around on night buses or having to sit in McDonald's or just you know, trying to find some warm and safe space where they can feel that they're not vulnerable, which they often do if they're just sleeping on the streets. And so I think it's important not to get into a battle about whose figures are right, but more to celebrate the fact that everybody seems to be accepting that the amount of people who are homeless at the moment and sleeping rough is unacceptable. And as a society, whether it's a media group like ourselves as the government or as all the people across London who have supported our campaign so far have made clear, that this is just unacceptable, however many there are, and, you know, we've got to deal with it. And that's The Leader. Do try out our audio
0: news bulletins through your smart speaker. You can get those by simply asking for the news from the Evening Standard. And you can easily subscribe to this podcast through wherever you're listening from right now. We're back tomorrow at four.